the Performance Training Academy podcast with today's guest, Tom Johnson. Tom is a former professional rugby player, spending most of his illustrious career at Premiership Champions Exeter Chiefs, as well as winning caps as an England international. He now runs his own personal training business from his own gym here in Devon. Today's podcast looks at Tom's journey as a professional rugby player and his transition into the health and fitness industry. We hope you enjoy. So welcome back to the Performance Training Academy podcast series. Uh, today's guest is Tom Johnson. Tom Johnson is an ex-professional rugby player um, who has made the transition into the health and fitness industry as a personal trainer. Um, so I thought it'd be a really good opportunity for Tom to get on here, explain his experiences that he's taken from rugby and how he's transitioned that into his business in the health and fitness industry, not just as a personal trainer, but owning his own gyms as well. Um, it's evening doing this today. So good evening, Tom. How are you today? Good evening, Ash. Uh, nice to hear from you, mate. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Um, just, uh, just on the old Corona lockdown with the kids doing the, uh, schooling and things like that. So they're all put to bed and... This house is quiet, finally. <laughs> it's, mate, it's lovely, isn't it? This whole homeschooling and trying to keep your business going and all that sort of stuff, it's lovely, eh? Yeah, lots, go, lots going on, but it's, uh, it's always nice that it's sort of 8 o'clock, you know the house is going to be quiet and it's a bit of downtime. Always a good time to talk to you. Exactly. I, I was going to say, mate, I've interrupted your evening. You should be chilling out right now, and here you are talking to me. <laughs> um, but, mate, yeah, so it's really good to talk to you. Um, you obviously did our course uh, in 2015, which we'll discuss later on. Um, and then that was coming towards the end of your rugby career. Um, so I think the really good thing that people can take away from this is what your lessons were in rugby. I've, I've dealt with, obviously, yourself over the years and a few other rugby uh, professionals, as well as other professional uh, sports people. Um, when they come into the health and fitness industry, they've always got lessons that they've learned from specific coaches, uh, how to deal and manage people and stuff as well. So there's always lots of lessons to take from one industry or one career into another. So that's why I thought it'd be really cool to have you on here and just explain that transition a little bit, really. Um, yeah. First question, I guess, mate. Do you miss rugby? Um, probably, probably hand on heart, say, um, on the whole, no. There's probably elements that I do. Mm. Um, but I've always been, always knew I was going to be needing to work after rugby. It's not, it's not that well paid, or it wasn't that well paid back, back in the day. And um, I always... I've always really enjoyed the fitness and training side of um, being a professional sort of athlete. And even when I was at university, I'd always be training hard. Um, so training is always something that's always been a passion of mine. So, um, so when I left when I left rugby, I knew I'd still be able to be doing my training and and hopefully be imparting some of that, that the experiences that I gained onto onto other people. So um, there are elements, obviously, and, and the crack with the boys and that kind of thing, um, but. In all, I'm on for looking forward, not back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the key thing, isn't it? You know, and I know, like, from working with you when you were working for your qualification, you you took a lot of stuff that you were doing with like Exeter Chiefs, which we'll talk about in a second. You're coaching with them, and that came really natural to you when we're asking you to coach others as a personal trainer as well. And you can see that that transition was really clear for you as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's. Um... I suppose when you're in, in that environment, you end up coaching. You're, you're coaching each other because you're there's 30 of you in the gym or 25 of you in the gym, 
and there's three or four strength and conditioning coaches and they're coming they're coming around keeping a general eye but you're you're generally with a partner doing doing a, a compound lift and you end up knowing it's a good lift or a bad lift or or you're, you're giving them pointers and they're giving you pointers so you end up you end up coaching um without even realizing it yeah 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 and that's and that's what we're seeing just not just with yourself but some of the other lads that we we've taught as a to, to transfer into a personal training industry um that knowing how to correct someone's technique knowing how to do the cues it's drilled into you as a player, isn't it? You know, you're, all your coaches are always telling you they want your technique to be spot on so you get the most out of it and don't get injured. And obviously that translates from you to, to teaching others as well, doesn't it? So yeah, we've, seen, we've seen a massive like training yourself and other rugby players and other athletes as well. You can see that the cues and the teachings of fitness and, and weightlifting and cardiovascular exercise, it all comes naturally to you really, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think, I think you know, I think... You, they talk about like the coach's eye, and you just know something's not quite right, and then it's your sort. Of, then it's your problem. It's your it's your job to problem solve that and to work out right why is that why is that squat not getting that depth? What's going What's going on there? What's is it? And then you go through the whole plethora of you. You look at you start bottom work up, and sometimes it'll jump straight out of you, and then sometimes it might take a number of sessions to figure it out and some feed trying to get some feedback from your clients. It's it's a it's a real problem solving, um, which is which is part of it. Because then when you part of the joy of problem solving and getting it right is when you do get it right, the the look on the client's face for them to be able to perform that lift is is really is really very rewarding. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, it's why I love being a personal trainer as well. You know, it's helping others, isn't it? It's helping others, it's educating them, and it's making sure that they can train safely as well, isn't it? So yeah. We're, We'll, we'll talk about obviously the transition from like the coaching that you've had and how that's uh, complemented your business as well. Let's just get a little bit of backstory about you, Tom, as well. So um, Exeter Chiefs was predominantly your club as a professional rugby player, wasn't it? Yeah, so I, um, I signed for the Chiefs in 2007 when we just moved. They just moved from the county ground up to Sandy Park um, and I've been playing. I basically got a... Um, Got a contract plan from from at university. Went and played Coventry for a couple of years, and from then got signed up by the Chiefs and spent and spent ten years with them. Um, right from the um, missing out on promotion to the to the Premiership, and then going through the Championship playoff, um, which was fantastic, and then finally lifting it in two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen. Mm. Um, yeah, it was fantastic, fantastic. Uh, um, yeah, fantastic sort of period, and and saw huge, huge growth in the city, and also the, the players and the coaching and the stadium and and the service. And you go up, you go up there now, and it's a prop, it's a really well drilled experience, which it, which is what it should be. You're watching some of the best players in Europe play play their play their trade, and it's um, and it's a really well oiled machine now. And it's taken a it's taken a lot of time to get to that stage, but it's it's always that that ambition to just want more and more and, and, and what's the, what's the end game. And it's just, it's, it's almost like the, the infinite game from, uh, from sort of Tony Rowe and the, 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 the board up there at the moment, they're just wanting more and more higher standards, pushing, pushing it, pushing it. Yeah. Well, it, I think as a, a lot of people will know who like rugby, I'm a little, uh, well, I'm a massive rugby fan. It's brilliant for, for me that Exeter Chiefs is like 10 minutes away from where I live sort of thing. So, and it's been a, a massive, incredible journey for Exeter Chiefs as well, hasn't it? You know, coming up, changing grounds from the county ground, making that investment to go to Sandy Park, 
Um, and it has been a journey, hasn't it? And there, there was always um, a foundation of players, and I know you're one of these, that were there from the promotion to the championship into the premiership. And, and straight away, they made an impact as well, Exeter Chiefs, didn't they? With, with you obviously being present in that as well, as soon as they got the promotion. Obviously, in rugby, what happens quite often is a team will come up and then go back down again. So I think one of the game plans for Exeter Chiefs especially, wasn't it, was to get that promotion, to get up into the premiership and then stay up in the premiership and then ultimately become a force in the premiership as well, which is where they are now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, there was um, there's a lot of credit has to go to the coaches of how they how they they, dr- they drastically changed how we trained from 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 being in the championship. As soon as we got promoted, that pre-season I'd never faced a pre-season like it, and I'd done quite a few pre-seasons lot before before then. Um, and straight away there was a there was a seismic change in like the approach and everything we went about it. Um, and we just we, it just got drilled into us. It's like, look, we're gonna we need to go after each game and try and win each game and try and we had a lot of inexperienced. We had a lot of a lot of um, people that played a lot of game time, mm-hmm. um, but we had a lot of inexperience in terms of top flight rugby. Yeah. So we needed to. Right, well, I think I think we Rob played pretty much the same team or same twenty five, maybe twenty seven players. For a barring injury, for about the first two or three seasons, just to drill and it, just to drill um, experience into us to set, to get used to travelling away to Franklin Gardens, which used to be a terrible place for us to go and play. Um, and we'd had some right, we had some right thumpings to Bath as well. We we didn't beat Bath for five, six years or something crazy like yeah. that for five yeah, years. Right. Um, and then, and now it's and now it seems a bit of a, a foregone conclusion. It's like if we don't beat Bath, we're disappointed by, with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's but that's just the mindset and things. You, you can you can aim for the top. Say yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go win the Premiership one day. But you only do it by a day a day training at a time. And our focus every day was just trying to improve ourselves ever so slightly. And some days you did, and some days some days you didn't. You took a step back. And it, it relates straight through to training, where is everyone wants to everyone wants to achieve their goal, but how do you get there? You you get there by doing taking the foot one day at a time and doing what's right for that day for you. Yeah. Um, and to, using every opportunity to improve yourself to do that. Mm. Yeah, and it's exactly right. You know, you, you weren't a team that was going straight up in the Premiership. Right next year, we'll win this. It was. I know. It's obviously that's something that wants to be done. But it was, and there's some amazing documentaries out about the rise of Exeter Chiefs and stuff like that, which shows the journey that they went on and that trajectory as well, wasn't it? Going up into Premiership, was it like mid to bottom, I think, first season or something like that? Then it was a couple middle of the tables and then pretty much then it was almost top six and then top we, four. We got, we, got top, we got top six in our second year. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Second year, we're like, Christ, what's going on here? That's right, and then, yeah. And then, and then and then came eighth and then been back in the top six sort of ever since and it's probably a front it's probably one front where we really haven't properly excelled ourselves on and probably this year is the best year we we're going to have yeah yeah <laughs> and that I know. looks like it's all come down to um, to nothing due to the obviously the current circumstances but um that's that's the next big that's the next big step for Exeter is to be a success in Europe sure. yeah yeah, and like I say, no one knows what's happening this season, how it's going to end, if it's ended already or what. But the good thing, like, let's draw a line on that and just say, like, Exeter were definitely, they were pretty dominant, massively dominant in the Premiership this this season in 2020. 
and uh, they were dominant pretty much in Europe as well, up to the point where obviously things have been delayed, isn't it really? Yeah. Um, but it's a great, it's a great story. It's a great journey. And I, I've spoken to you many times about like how the professionalism, the professionalism of being a player at the club, like Exeter as well, that's instilled into every player as well, isn't it? And I often teach, because like, when we do this podcast today, I, I, I like to like relate it to the fitness industry a little bit as well. And one thing that I always try to really get into our students that are going through our personal training course or sports massage course or whatever it is, professionalism is key, isn't it? Like look after your clients as best as you possibly can, provide the best service and so forth. And that, that's obviously comes naturally for you because professionalism is a massive thing in professional rugby, isn't it? Being a player, professionalism is key, isn't it? Yeah, there's, 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 there's professionalism. It's like, the, um, there's different, I don't, I don't know, there's different types, I suppose there's different types of professionalism because I, it gets, I, I think about this quite a bit in terms of people are going, right, what's the, do you need to have the best coaches? Do you need to have the best setup to, to be able to perform to your, to your optimum ability? Mm-hmm. And you look at, and I, this, um, a couple of years back, there's a guy called Tom Muldrum had an absolute fantastic, fantastic player, but knew how to knew how to get himself absolutely into the right mindset. I go back to I suppose going back to the mindset. It was he wasn't the strongest bloke in the gym, and his fat percentage was was way high. You see, you should have seen what he ate. So it wasn't the nutrition. It wasn't like the nutrition side of things. It was it's what gave him the best the best chance for him to perform on the pitch, mm. and did. Did he did did Rob pick him? Did did Rob drop him because he because um, he he wasn't a, a certain body percentage? No, absolutely not. And and would he if he if he was eat, if he was seen eating um, a baguette or having some ice cream or a cookie? He was, he was part of he was part of cookie club or um, whatever it was, cake club or whatever it was. <laughs> and 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 there comes there comes a time when you're as a, as a coach um, and Rob did it where it's like I want my players to perform the best that they can on the pitch. And for him to be, for him, for him, for me not to have to be on his ass essentially about his diet and stuff like that means that he can perform. Then, then as, as long as he's performing on the pitch, that's all that matters. Mm. Uh, so there's professionalism, but he, he he used to take care of himself unbelievably. He'd always be doing his stretching. Um, he'd do his rehab. He'd have a, he'd have a very set protocol that he stuck to, and that's what comes with experience. Is you do what you do what works for you, mm. um, and I suppose. The big, the big, the big thing taking that on to sort of training is everyone's very different. A bit like diets, a bit like food. It's like everyone's very different about about what what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And yeah. pigeon, pigeon, I'm trying to pigeonhole everyone into that. You've got to be an X percent body 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 fat percentage to play Premiership rugby. Is a is a bit of a is a bit of a it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Mm. It shouldn't be, people shouldn't be pigeonholed. People should do what suits them to to achieve the best they want to achieve. So yeah. if you want to achieve your goal, and his his goal was to play a high level of rugby, he could do like go and crack on and have that cookie if that's what's going to help you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, then, yeah. but then other people's other people's goal might, might be fat loss, um, and it and and then for it's like right, we've got to choose a diet. We got to work. We got to work around what's going to get you the best. What's the most sustainable way for you to get there? Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, and you've got to go through experiences and they may not all be good and you might not get it right to begin with, but every experience is a, is a chance to either to improve yourself or to, or to learn, learn from, even if it's, 
even if it's something as crazy as doing like the juice diet, which everyone, every PT will, will, will go absolutely mental and just go, mm. this, we know it's a terrible thing, but sometimes people have to go through it to, mm. for them to realize, to, for them to find the answers themselves. Yeah. And I know, so, yeah. And I know for you, um, mindset's a massive thing. Like now with your PT clients and stuff like that. And I know we're talking about doing further podcasts where we're talking about like how you can make training work for different range of clients and stuff like that and, and it comes down to mindset isn't it and yeah. and i suppose that's obviously a big thing uh, alert part of your learning journey in rugby wasn't it you know mindset's key you know you played at top level rugby you mentioned tom Walden there as well who's now i think gone back to new zealand i think hasn't he yeah. um but you know he played you know at a, an amazing level consistently for year upon year and wasn't he like top try scorer a couple of seasons in a row or something yeah it's only because he used to hang out, hang off the back of a mall and wouldn't give the ball for the wrong side <laughs> But he was no, he was a very, he's a very good player. Um, but did what? And and lots of lots of people, lots of people, are uh, do. And we go back to that professionalism. And I suppose it comes the the, the underlying thing with the the extra cheese. Everyone's wonder wonder why the better why we rose and did really well is because generally they're a decent bunch of blokes mm. that enjoyed each other's company and they everyone was very different. Everyone did things very differently. But everyone, everyone turned up on time. Everyone wore exactly the right kit they were meant to wear. There's no, there's no mucking around. When the coaches, when the coaches want us to do something, we did it. Mm. Um, and that was it. Yeah, it's good. But it's, it's, doing the, it's doing the basics very, very well, and that's what I like about coaching and training. Is is if you do the basics very, very well, then you'll you'll be able to achieve whatever goal you want to achieve. And that's key. Get the basics right, isn't it? Get the basics right. I know that gets drilled into you at sport in rugby and and every sport really. If you don't get the basics right, you're not gonna you're not gonna be excelling in that sport, are you? So right. it's about getting the basics right. That's one thing that I know you're you're really. It's part of your your ethos when training your clients, sort of thing. And and that's it with the fitness industry, isn't it? It can be so. Um, it can be a bit cliche sometimes. It can be a bit gimmicky. The basics are what works, isn't it? You know, if you're training any client, it's a case of make sure that they're training correctly, as in moving how they should be moving. They're not doing any yeah. funky exercises, just doing a basic exercise, your squats, your deadlifts, your overhead presses, your lunges, a bit of cardiovascular activity, lots of stretching. Um, get the nutrition right. Nutrition should come down to the basics. You know, just eat whole foods effectively. We'll probably talk about that at some point. Um, and get the mindset in the right, right place as well. And, and I suppose that's part of that transition from rugby into this as well, isn't it? You know, that was a part of your thing, wasn't it? Mindset, get the basics right. And this, this is how you're helping all your clients now. Yeah, very much so. And it's, it's understanding, I suppose, I suppose the, um, so I'm reading this, um, this book, The Infinite, Infinite Mind Game. Um, it's a absolute. It's a great. It's a really good insight, and it's about business. Um, but it also applies to sort of. It, it applies to every business, and the, the fitness industry is obviously one of them. And yourself as a person is probably a business, and it's it's looking at what is what is the what's the end game? Is there an end game? And it's it's looking at like what I always say to my clients. So what do you? How do you want to? Do you want to like the last? When you're 85, 90, how do you want to be moving? How how do you how how important is your independence to you? Yeah. And then and then you bring it back to and it's like right. Well, let's if that's what that's important to you now, let's start doing let's start let's start doing some resistance training. Let's start strengthening up those the joints and the muscles and um, 
try and prevent in, prevent injuries by strengthening key areas and key movements. Um, and I find that really interesting when you when you start talking, because most people think um, I'm not not saying I'm the cleverest bloke, but they think I'm a rugby player. I'm just going to absolutely thrash them. And a lot of people, I get a lot of I've had clients in the past going on. I'm anxious about training with you because I think you're just going to beast me, and I'm like. I'll be really be doing doing a disservice to myself and to the, the profession if that's if if you thought I was just going to do that and just and give you a good old ragging because mm. um, actually it's it's what it's it's the end goal that people don't never never really think about. Yeah, they might want to get into a wedding dress or they might want to look better in a suit or they might want to shed X amount of pounds, but it's what what how how do you want to how, how do you want to be in how do you want to be in 20, 30, 40 years time, whatever. Um, and that works what starts now. It's not paying to attention. It's like you need to start doing it. Yeah, 100%. And it's like the short-term goal almost gets forgotten about once training starts. I mean, I know a lot of people come to any trainer with a short-term goal of, like you said, weight loss normally or putting on a bit of muscle or getting ready for the summer or wedding or holiday. Um, but once they get into training, and, and, and training should be done right, and we've had many discussions about this, uh, about a lot of individuals think personal trainers are just going to get a new client and start doing a wow session where they just start chucking medicine balls around, doing interval training uh, to batter on the rower, chucking, doing cleans with a heavy bar and all this sort of stuff. But it's the completely wrong way to start off with any client, isn't it? It's about working on the mindset, forming habits, and then seeing how that person moves and responds to training, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, the, the, ba uh... get the basics right effectively first and then move from there, isn't it? It, yeah, it is. Uh, but then the, with the basics becomes that whole, and it, it all comes down. It, it all comes down to the mindset and the habits, and habit stacking, and um, making someone try and feel their worth and understanding. Right, it's all well and good. <clears throat> there's so many papers out there, and there's so many there's so many professionals going train. It's really good for you and all this kind of stuff. But you you can you can lead a horse to water, but until they start drinking it, they they've got to experience it themselves. Mm. It's got yeah. to come. It's got to come from them. And you, I, one of my coaches said to me, "It's like it's the carrot or the stick. You know, you can you can beat it into them, or you could encourage them and put it out in front of you. Mm. Um, and you've got to try and work out what works for each client. Some people need the stick. Some people need the carrot. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. And it, it it's great that you've took these lessons from obviously from rugby and stuff that you've learned as well along the way. And that's how you're you're working with your clients now. And we'll obviously talk about um your your current endeavors as well uh with your yeah. own business in the fitness industry as well um what was your what was your mindset and and focus as well obviously you you got picked for england and you 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 won a few caps for england as well back in 2012 2012 yeah. we just had this conversation 2012 to 2014 um yeah how did that affect your mindset you know is that is there lessons that you've learned from playing for england and, and stepping out to twickenham um, yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I. If I had my time again, I'd have stretched an awful lot more. I wouldn't have done as much training, um, and I'd have rehabbed a lot better. Mm. Um, and that's 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 the honest truth. I'd have also. I I got in my head that that squats and deadlifts were going to hurt my back, and my the problem. I, the problem I had is I didn't. I um, I didn't give myself time to learn those proper lists done properly and correctly and to be fair a lot of the snc coaches though you come in for pre-season and it is go time 
like we got three months, three months, twelve weeks of getting absolutely getting our bodies into the best shape possible. <clears throat> are they going to spend? Are they? Gonna, I felt I was going to probably lose um, lose some distance on my competitors and my and my um, people competing for my shirt by taking six weeks out to potentially learn how to move properly. Yeah. Um, so I did things a lot. I did a lot of things that didn't cause me pain. So I did leg press, which is a fantastic, which is a great, great piece of kit. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of Trojans and reverse Trojans and Prowlers and things like that. Um, but now knowing what I know now and knowing how much stronger I've got myself since left playing rugby is, is I wish I'd, I wish I'd learned how to heavy deadlift, how to heavy squat, how to heavy bench press and understood the, understood the mechanics of, I used to think, I used to, I used to be classic. It'd be like you used to chase the pump. You like you didn't feel like you had a good session unless you felt your um, your shoulders were going to pop out your shirt or your or you couldn't walk properly. And you, and it was just it was very looking back. It was very immature. Um, and I wish and I was always chasing that session rather than thinking right. Actually, I'm tired today. I need to have a day off. I'll go and have a stretch and recovery and a warm up in a pool or something like that, so that I could train properly on the pitch. Um, and I used to get really bad, like Achilles tendon issues. Um, and I was just, you know, I just, I just wanted. I suppose my, I suppose I've always been decent, like a, I've always enjoyed my training. So I thought more and more and more was more. And I know a lot. Of, I've got clients that still do it, and I'm like, just please learn, please learn from my mistakes. Please just have a day off. Eat properly, refuel, refuel yourself, um, stretch, get a good night's sleep, and really, um, and really look after yourself. Yeah. And then, um, you know, if you have a day off, if you have two days off, if you have a week off, you're not going to lose anything. And I never, I never believed that. Yeah. Um, and I do now, and I wish that if I, that was my one learn on, or quite a few learn ons there, but just wish I'd, wish I'd taken more time to. Um, Look at the whole picture rather than just think about size and strength and, mm. and speed. It's yeah. more than that. It, it, and it, it, you're right there as well because the reason you were probably thinking that way is because there is someone else, especially when it's in, you're talking about England. You know, you get that opportunity and you want to grasp it, and there's someone waiting in the wings to take that place from you, isn't it? And I know how many caps did you get for England, Tom? Uh, got eight caps. Eight caps, and it, it was ultimately it was injury that stopped you getting more effectively, wasn't it? Yeah, I had one or two little knocks. I had a bad neck injury, but I think my I think what's really stopped me was my um, was my Achilles in that in the sort of 2014-13-14 season. Mm -hmm. uh, we went. We I knew England going to tour New Zealand. I was in the frame to go into New Zealand, and it was always a childhood dream of mine to face the All Blacks and the Hacker. Yeah. Um, and I, do you know what? I don't. I don't think I'd have changed it for the world. I don't. I'd like to have said, yeah, I would have, I wanted to play the, I'd have played the bigger man and said, look, I need to rehab my Achilles, I need to stay home, and have a proper off season. Um, but I was, I was 32, and I was like, Do you know what? I never thought I'd get to where, where I got to anyway. So I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna crack on. I remember standing, standing on that um, pitch um, in Auckland, just, just unbelievable. But and then I came off, and then, do you know, what? I played. I came off the bench and, and did all right, and we we just lost. And then we I played in a midweek game, and my Achilles was just knackered from the minute one, and I was just 
I didn't do my, I wasn't properly fit and I just didn't do myself much of a favour. But it was one of those where I was like, oh well. Yeah, and it's it's that hard thing though, isn't it? Competition, isn't it? Competition and yeah. your mindset as well. I mean, to get top level, I wouldn't know. I've never been top level in any sport, but like to be top level, your mindset has to have that sort of drive and that focus, isn't it? And I know deep down you're probably aware you should have rested your Achilles, but it's that drive and that want to compete and want to face in the All Blacks and seeing that hacker alive there, isn't it really? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but... I suppose that it comes back to my, you've got to have, there's got to be a process. Mm. And I think that's one thing, one thing with personal training is there's always a process for it. Yeah. It's never, it's, it's never one, one session is not going to make you like a, an international athlete. It's never going to, one session is never going to get you to your goal, mm. but there's the progress to have put in place from the nutritional side of things to a training side of things to a rest and recovery and stretching side of things. And depending on how quickly you want to get to your goal, you can increase the you can increase the intensity of all of those. If you don't want to get there very quickly and you want to take it nice and steady, which I think is a great way to go about it as well. If that's your mindset and you're just like you want to steadily put a little bit into it, then then great. But there's got to be a process. If I my pro I know my process wasn't right prior to that. Like looking back on it, my process I'd ne- I was never going to say I was never going to let myself. I'd, I've never even thought right. I'm just gonna not. I'm just gonna say like I can't. I'm not gonna go on this tour it, because it's a process. It didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Now I was like, I should have done that because my process and probably my process for the last <laughs> I don't know for 15 years was wrong. But when you're but when you know when you're 25, 26 and you you haven't got and you can you can run you can you can smash yourself in the gym going. Go and smash some training sessions. Jump, go to bed, jump up the next day, and feel fresh as a daisy. Mm. Then you're like, yeah, you you feel quite pretty invincible. But then you start getting a bit older. You pick up the niggles, and it's that process when things aren't good that you need to fall back on. Yeah. Do you um do you work with any professional rugby players now? Like who are maybe at the start of their journey? So these lessons that you've learned, obviously, a lot of them translate just to an individual who just wants to get fitter healthier better it relates to everyone in that sense as well have you actually put these lessons into to someone else in the industry in the professional no, I, mean, I thought I've, i talked i spoke to someone else about this today and i was thinking about it um i suppose i'm so hell-bent on just making essentially with you when you're a personal trainer time is money mm. um and like with everyone time is time is the time is the limiting factor um and i'm I'm sort of hell bent on getting this, my business up and running and um, training my clients and keeping my clients. Clients are the, the, the most important thing to me and keeping them and my core clients really, really on point and focused is, is, is the biggest thing. And it's and at some stage I, I want to, I would like to try and get back to the sort of the, the rugby community and the, 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 those youngsters that, came, that are coming through. Mm. Um, because you, I, always, I, always, I always was coached off. I always lean towards the coach or the, the S&C guy that had been through it, that you go, that you go I'm going to do what you're telling me because I know you've been through it and I know you'd do it. And it's, it's that leading by example thing that, um, that I always followed. And now I've been through it. I think it, I think it, might, it might be well received. They probably might just tell me to do one. But you, know, <laughs> you never know how to put yourself out there, do you? Well, this is it, mate. This is it. Um, we'll get on to strength and conditioning as well, because I know that's another qualification you've got under your belt since leaving rugby as well. 
Um, just to finish the you old know, rugby chat as well, uh, what's your, and I think you've answered the question already, best memory playing for England? Was it the hacker or was there another one or another two? Um, no, it was, um, best feeling was, the best, best memory was after the first test um, when, when I'd known, when I got my first cap and I'd known I'd done all right in the game and I knew I, was, I wasn't <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to be, a, I hoped I wasn't going to be a one-cap wonder and I still got injured in training. Yeah. Um, but just that, just that first cap and everything, and the, the tour in general, I had a, a really, really enjoyable tour of South Africa, um, playing against, when I was growing up, sort of South, South Africans, and it didn't, didn't disappoint. They're a huge, huge bunch of boys, mm. absolute monsters. Um, so to hold my own against them was, was a really proud moment and something that I'll always cherish. Obviously, the hackers... Every time you every time you play for England, it's it's very very special. It's like we're very really really um, you don't you don't appreciate it until it's, until it's happened after, and you're like yeah it was amazing like and all this, but it's it is our it is years afterwards you go actually it's pretty it's quite special what I've managed to achieve. Yeah yeah yeah. Who was your who was your first test against? South Africa. It was South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. South Africa, yeah, in South Africa. So we did a, did a summer tour of South Africa. So I played three tests there and played in all three and did, yeah, really pleased with how I went. Yeah. You played Twickenham as well, didn't you? Play that Twickenham. Yeah, I played Twickenham a number of times with, um, obviously with England um, and then England against the Bar Bars uh, a number of times. So it's great. Like Twickenham's a great place. Mm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that was great. I suppose, especially, and then going into obviously the Exeter Chiefs side of things as well. You know, you were there for ten years, weren't you? Um, and yeah. you were at Exeter Chiefs as well when they won the first pre their their first Premiership, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Amazing great. day as well, wasn't it? Amazing day. I was there. I was in the crowd, and that, and that's the thing, isn't it? Twickenham, it's it's an amazing venue, and to to be running on that pitch, whether it's for England or even Exeter Chiefs in the final, must be an amazing like uh, adrenaline buzz as well, right? Yeah. I wasn't, unfortunately, I wasn't on the pitch. I wasn't in the team that day. Um, play, but it was, it was just, it was just a combination of a great, like, for a massive, massive journey. So mm. it's um, some pretty, pretty historic thing going on there. It's yeah. good. Well, when they won it as well, that was when you were coming towards the end of your, your career in rugby as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I had, um, I had one more year after that. And then, um, yeah, it was, it was nice. It was a nice way to, it was a nice way to go out, you know. I, like I said I knew I knew I was I knew I was on my I think you know unless there's a, unless you have a savage injury you, mm. there's a there's a knowing and um, thankfully I'm, I'm very well settled here with my family and my young kids mm. and my wife and it's it never I never thought really of going abroad and what some people do they go and they go and uh, have a couple of years abroad and then come back and it's just I think. For me, I wanted to use my connections and what my the sort of the people that I'd know, met during playing rugby and that I knew would be able to give me a helping hand mm. um, into the business and into the PT side of things. Um, yeah. And that's why, and, and I've had some great people from people that even people that rent me where my, where my current spaces to now um, the people that are helping me. Um, get my my first proper sh um, boutique studio, so it's it's uh, yeah, it's a great place. Yeah, it, and it's great, man. You know, I obviously I met you 
whilst you're still playing for Exeter, I think it was uh, you did your PT course with us. So you got your level two and level three certificate of personal training. In 2015, we started the course, didn't we? And and as with um, a few players that play for Exeter Chiefs, and we started uh, using other rugby clubs as well, helping their players, you know, it's all in association with the RPA, the Rugby Players Association. And I know they're very keen helping the younger ones, obviously, with funding, but also helping the, the more senior players like yourself, like think about, right, what are you going to do when your career comes to an end? And that's such an important thing in any sport, isn't it? Not just keep playing and playing and playing and then get to that point and think, stopping, what do I do now? It's yeah. about preparing yourself for when that journey ends and your new journey in a different career begins, isn't it? And that's where we met, really. You know, you started taking your skills that you learned in the, in the professional rugby outfit coming into the health and fitness industry, as we've discussed already, like many lessons, this really easy transition for you, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. I think I, think I knew, so I, I did sports science at university, so I had a, I had a reasonable background in um, physiology, nutritional side of things, um, but it'd been, it'd been good, good sort of 10, 12, year, or 12 years or so since I'd really dipped into it, 12 years ago. Um, and then until we started picking up the books again. Um, but it's just something, something I knew, I think you've got to follow something that you are passionate about and not say you necessarily love it, but you, be, there's got to be a reason to get up in the morning and go to work. Um, and then and the coaching and the personal training was a natural, was a natural progression for me. Mm. Well, and, and you tick the boxes already, like what we were going to talk about, like how, how has rugby helped you and what you've learned helped you when you're helping your clients? We've already discussed that understanding the importance of getting the basics right. You know, you're getting the basics right in rugby, you're getting the basics right when you're training people now. It's mindset as well. It's keeping them focused and it's, it's not thinking about that short-term goal of a body composition change. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure like what your mind's at, but my favorite clients were always the one that, yeah, they might want to lose a little bit of weight or put on a bit of muscle mass, but their main goal really was to get fitter, healthier and stronger. Um, and I know that's probably part of your ethos now, isn't it? Helping people move better, understanding the importance of uh, stretching, foam rolling, um, keeping the mechanics of the body working effectively. It's part of your kind of like ethos, so to speak, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's also, it's, it's I suppose managing comes down to the man, almost like the man management of the client because for them, it's like scales, for example, scales, most, per, most PTs will tell you that scales aren't important. Um, and I'll probably, probably back that up, generally speaking. But also, if it's important to the client and that's what they're hooked on, do you know, then it's got to be what's important to the client. What's important to the client has got to be important to you. Mm. So you've got to, it's not a case of, right, we're going to throw those away and the client suddenly left like almost their safety blanket mm. and you ripped it away. It's like going, okay, look, look let's... Let's, let's start let's start your way and then we'll try and your job is from a coach probably to ease them off it or to talk them through why that, that weight fluctuation so they can start to understand what's going on with the scales and why why you're going to be weighing less in the morning as opposed to the evening and what's and, and what eating what eating a big pasta meal or a big um, some jack of potatoes the evening before in terms of the water content and how much water retention is going to happen is to be able to, for them to go rather than go, oh, I've put on, I've put on half a stone overnight. It's like, no, 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 let's just, what did you have last night? And you just talk them through the day and you can start to sit, you can start to help them predict and understand what's going on with scale. So yeah. the scale doesn't become like a, 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 am I going to have a good day? Am I going to have a bad day? 
it's 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 a measurement and i still think scales are important to for just purely because that's uh, that's a point in time that tells you how heavy you are mm. over time if your goal is to lose weight then we know that scale needs to be coming down mm. it doesn't matter if it jumps up and down a little bit but progressively over time it's we want to see we want to see that that's that's going in the right direction yeah. um and uh, getting the clients to understand the figures and and the data is, is an important as an example is, is is an important thing from a psychological point of view to for, for the class to understand yeah so it's, it's educating isn't it and, and that's what your job should be as, as any fitness professional it's not just there to give them that wow session or that beasting session i'm sure that I'm, and i've trained people that want nothing but like a really hard high intense metabolic raising session and that's fine but also what I loved about being a personal trainer was uh, educating clients, you know, exactly right. You know, scales, some people will say, you don't want to use scales. It's just a number, blah, blah, blah. Muscle mass weighs heavy, all this sort of stuff. But it's a measure, isn't it? And whether it's the measure that you want to take forwards, if a yeah. client... There's a lot. There's, there's a lot. It, it, it should probably form the basis of a lot of other measurements that go in there. Yeah. Just like, just like how much they can, how much they can do a five a five rep squat mm. it's like if that number's gone up in the case of in the case of four weeks then you can show them go look the scales haven't shifted but look you're getting stronger mm. what do we know about what do we know about strength putting on more muscle what do we know more muscle weight muscle weighs a bit more la di da di da and starting to for that starting to educate them as to why suddenly their legs are feeling a bit stronger or their, their bums fitting and their jeans a bit nicer. It's like, those are kind of, that's the kind of, that, that's data. That's, that's, that's stuff that you should also account for, not just the, the number on scales. Yeah, hundred percent. It's all about no matter what you get in any client to do, it's about educating them as to why they need to do it as well. It comes down to food as well. If, if you're suggesting they change or implement a few changes in the nutrition, don't just say eat like this. You have to eat like this. It's about, why you need to eat these certain foods, how it's going to affect you in the long term. And keeping those clients always having that clear end goal in sight. You mentioned the end goal earlier and you mentioned it to like a lot, like, like decades down the line sort of thing. And it's true. It's important. It's about training is about giving people longevity and health, isn't it? You know, it's not just about body composition at the end of the day. Um, how, how did you find like, obviously, so when you left rugby, you set up, you've coined it the, the bat cave. Uh, and that's where you were, it's like a little one-to-one -one gym. I, I've trained with there. Actually, I trained with you in there and you made me feel not not too good. But that was my fault. I wasn't, I wasn't training that much at that point. Um, but mate, you had, you've got a great little facility there. Um, and that's where you set up your business as well, wasn't it? So your first initial business as a personal trainer, you had this gym. Um, it was almost like basement level of a, of a building block, wasn't it? But it was really cool. You know, it's had nice access it had everything what you need squat racks i think a couple of racks wasn't there um and yeah. that's where your business started wasn't it yes and it's it is it's it's still there it's still there at the moment it's um i was very lucky to be given some support when i came out um and was shown by a friend um said look i've got a, I've, I've got a space um that you can come and use if you want come and have a look at it come and train me in it i went in there there's an 800 square foot um basement gym and I was like this is absolutely this needs a lick of paint we've got we've got a load of kit in there uh, a track dumbbells the whole everything you need and um I suppose my I suppose one of my biggest gripes with the fitness industry is making 
making people feel insecure about going to the gym and making people feel insecure when they're at the gym. Mm. And it's my, um, it's my biggest, it's probably my biggest pet peeve is everyone's on their own journey. There's, there shouldn't be any judgment or anything like that going on. And, and everyone's entitled to be in the heavy and, and everyone should be uh, sp- spend some portion of their time in the gym in the heavyweights area. Yeah. Um, and, in, in for, for whatever reason and lifting just their body weight if required or some banded stuff or some some very light dumbbells just right through to the really heavy stuff and there, sh- there shouldn't be any dis- there sh- even the big boys lifting massive massive weights there shouldn't be people going there going oh, look they're just they're just taking over that place they're trying to do what they're trying to do for themselves and i wish people had a bit more of a selfish attitude in the gym to go look i'm here for myself I'm going to put my headphones on. I'm going to just get on with my program session. Um, and there's a lot, I've got a lot of clients um, that, that felt like that. And I just wanted to show them that actually these are the kind of results. This is the kind of thing. This is how lifting weights can make you feel. Um, I've got a facility that allows it just to be one-on-one. There's no one looking. There's no one, there's no one caring if you're wearing your makeup. There's no one caring if you, your shoes are undone or, um, or you haven't got matching t-shirt on or whatever it's just us doing some 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 training yeah. and you'll you'll learn you'll hopefully you'll be educated and you'll understand why it's important mm-hmm. um and now i'm at the stage now where i'm um moving facilities to a proper really beautiful uh, manor house up at winslow park um so i've gone from um sort of basement gym to a bigger gym with it's going to have three or four um personal trainers working at one time in it each one's going to have their own rig and own set of um, weights and their own area. Um, and that was before COVID. So it potentially might, the, the health and safety and the um, social distancing is going to, it can be naturally done like it is in my current gym to the new place. So it's, it's worked out well. But I believe, I, believe in one, I believe in one-to-one or small group personal training where you've got a coach who can actually give proper cues because it's all well and good people doing um, hit sessions at home, but how many how many how many burpees are people going to be able to do before their back goes? It's it's like it's not a it's not a natural movement. It's, it's not it's not an everyday. How many times do you have to do a burpee? But how many times do you get up and down from a chair? It's like so. It's um, it's hopefully hopefully a facility that will be able to um, encourage more people to 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 come and try some sort some form of resistance training. Yeah. And, and to be fair, like when I was um, like helping you for your education with this, and again, my job was very easy, like teaching you, obviously you, you came from a good background, not just in the sporting background, but obviously from your degree level and stuff. Um, you, you really understood what needed to be learned to become a personal trainer from, from the word go. So it was a really easy transition for you. Um, it was nice then to see you get your, your back cave and start training. And I've often stated this to students as well. Um, coming into this health and fitness industry, you don't have to think, right, I'm going to become a personal trainer. And then, you know, I went straight to fitness first. And a lot of people go straight to a fitness first or the gym or pure gym or David Lloyd's. And it is a great starting place for a lot of individuals. But personally, I think one-to-one personal training works so much better. If you think about your client base, the average client base you're going to get as a personal trainer, yeah, you might get people in their 20s wanting to work on their body composition or even their health side of things as well. But a lot of the personal training clients you get are like 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s as well. Some of these people never step foot in a gym. And if you're saying to them from the word go, right, come and train with me, come down to fitness first. Nothing wrong with fitness first, obviously. 
But for a lot of people, that can be quite an intimidating place to go to, isn't it? And I think these one-to-one studios, the smaller gyms where it's you and your client, there's no intimidation. They can feel really at ease. And that's like a massive barrier broken down straight away, isn't it? And I think your, your first gym, your Batcave gym, uh, was an awesome place to have uh, clients and to work out from because it's, it's more personalized and it's more specific to them, isn't it? And it's, you, they've got your full attention effectively. Yeah, that, that was that was the whole that was the whole sort of thinking behind it, um, and uh, yeah, it was just it's just it just seemed like a natural it just seemed a natural place for me to go and train people, um, where I can be in control of all I can can be in control. Of, I suppose it comes down to me down being a control freak, but I can be control controlled every piece of equipment that I'm using. Yeah. So if I if 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 whatever reason. Um, someone comes in, they go, oh, I've, 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 I twisted my ankle yesterday. My legs are really sore. It's like, right, okay, fine. We can do an upper body session. Mm-hmm. This is all the equipment that we can go and do it. And I can, I can, I can, um, I can switch the program around. I don't have to go, I don't have to look around and go, well, oh, bench press is taken. Um, dumbbells looks a bit busy. We'll have to go and do some cardio or something or do, do a bike or something like that for a little bit until some of the equipment's free. It shouldn't be... It shouldn't be, you should, as a personal trainer, you should be able to plan, know what bit of equipment you're going to have at this time yeah. and deliver a session because ultimately you're trying to do the best for your client. And if you, if you got, if you can deliver your best session, you, you spend, I don't know, half an hour, an hour doing pro- programming or, or however long it is, programming a, f- a 10 week, five week, six week um, cycle for them. And you need to know on a Monday morning, which is meant to be uh, leg day or whatever like that, that you need to be able to use, be able to train the legs that you want to be able to train. Yeah. Not, I do you know, we're gonna to have to switch this round because this is broken or this is, or this has been used or something like that. It's, mm. or someone else or the gym's too busy because that's not fair on the client. Yeah. And then that keep, hopefully, you you earn your stripes as a trainer and you go actually you're going to get the best results for your client, which is then going to help with client retention, obviously, hopefully. Yeah. No, it's cool. And I think it's a great setup you've got. So the new one's very exciting as well. Uh, number six, it's called, isn't it? Number six. Number, is it number six at Winslade House or just number six? It's just number six. Yeah. Um, just number six. Um, but it's obviously at Winslade House. Winslade Manor, sorry. Um, and the new part that's getting developed at the moment. So it's exciting. Yeah. And the good thing about it, you know, you were telling me about it before we went on air on this. It's... It's not just the fact that you've got this bespoke gym. Um, and it's, I, I've been to many of these like uh, boutique gyms, these premium one-to-one studios up in London as well. And um, I know you have as well. And, and they're brilliant. You know, they're, any client would want to go into this place and train. And you've got to make the train environment pleasurable for your client as well, haven't you? You've got to be in, a, in a, an environment that they want to be training in. Not just in the gym and inside of things with your new place, but you've got the outdoors around as well, like green grass and all sorts of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's there's acres. Um, it's set in it's set in like ninety two acres. So there's there's a lot of there's a lot of sports pitches. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of grass to be able to do some some really good stuff. There's some outdoor training. There's some um, we'll be able to put some out like on a sunny day like today. We'll be able to put some of the have a, an outdoor rig so you'll be able to go and do um, some of your compounds outside. And it's just having it's trying to have a flexible space where you can try and deliver best play the best session for your client that that client might have just spent the whole um the whole day 
traveling up and down the M5 or wherever he's been up to up and back to London or sat in an air conditioned office. And the last thing he wants to do is go and sit in an air conditioned gym. Yeah. It's like, right, come on, let's take this, let's take this session outside if, if required. And, mm. and it, you know, the majority, 90% of my sessions will take place in the gym. That's where I want them to take place. But if on the occasion that it's, it's best for my client to, to be outside, then that's, that's the place that they'll go. But, um, it's trying to create that, that ultimate place in my mind and then have the best trainers to be able to deliver it. And that's where it, it comes down to the quality of the training. You can have tens of thousands of pounds of squat racks, but you can't, if you don't got a coach to teach you how to squat or how to do proper lift off it, it's, it's, it's useless. It's, um, you, need, you need that instructor and someone guiding you in the right place to be able to do it. That's hopefully what, the, uh, what number six can be able to combine. Yeah, I agree, man. I'm excited for you. And I know things are in hold, obviously, because of the current situation and everything. But, you know, it will get back up and running very, very soon. And more so for gyms like yours, where you can control and manage that environment yourself so much easier as well. But going forwards away from all that side of things, you know, it's going to be a great gym for people to go and train in. And as we say, they can get your full attention. And personal training is about education, isn't it? It's about educating your clients. It's learning more yourself. I know you've didn't just stop at doing your level three personal training. You got a couple of other qualifications on your belt as well, didn't you? Yeah, I think I think um, yeah, I did the level I've done level three, level three S and C mm-hmm. or level two S and C, and um, done some kettlebell stuff. And there's always stuff I'd like. There's always stuff you. Always, I suppose there's, there's always research going on. There's papers and journals that are that are constantly sort of looking over and what's the latest studies. And what's the latest, um, what's the latest thinking? But it's amazing how it all come, always, 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 always comes back to the fundamentals and the basics. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just make, it's making sure you don't lose, lose sight of that. Mm. To, to try and mix something, some training up, just for the sake of mixing something up. Yeah. Um, and uh, I always say to my clients, when I sit down, I said, the goal, the goal for me is in a number of years is that you don't need a personal trainer that's that should be the goal of personal trainer mm. it should be to be hopefully you've built enough confidence in that client to be able to go and take a gym membership any way they want yeah. and for them to be able to go and perform do some compound movements that are safe yeah. and that they, they're not going to injure themselves and they feel confident with it um and then hopefully your your coaching and your personality and your rapport and your relationship with them keeps keeps them with you um, but the goal, the goal should always be to move them on because it's like, you know what? I don't think you need me now. Yeah, hundred percent. And again, if you educate them right, you educate them how to train, how to how to what their nutritional intake should be, and how they habit form to get to that point as well, so that they can do it without thinking. Like every day is a normal day now, whereas like maybe a year ago, to get a normal good nutritional intake for some individuals when they just start to look at nutrition. You know, they're, they're eating foods that they wouldn't normally want to eat, like fish or meat or vegetables. And, and for some people, that's a really hard task to, to get a habit to make part of their daily routine. But people get there, don't they? Within six months, a year, that becomes the norm. And, that, and that's the thing. If you educate your clients right, you know, I, I've trained clients. I've, I don't do personal training anymore, but I've got one client now that I started training in 2003. And she still trains with me now when we both, when our diaries both meet. She knows how to train herself. She's educated. She knows about nutrition. She knows about training. But she just likes to have that little bit of a prompt and not have to think and just get a head down and train sort of thing. And there's always going to be those clients as well. But you are right. It's good to educate your clients so that they can go and do it on their own. 
you know so if you do go away for like two weeks abroad or something like that as well they don't need like a solid routine they can probably go off and do their own thing sometimes so but that's why it's been great to have you come into this industry as well and obviously we chatted over the years and your ethos is very similar to what we try to get across to our students you know put health above everything is about getting your clients healthy moving better for the longer term not just the short-term goal um, and it's great to see that you've got this facility where you can house that business and I know it will thrive you know I, I know you've got a good client base um, I know the rugby name helps as well I, I remember going to see an Exeter Chiefs match and this is when you were no longer playing for Exeter Chiefs this is probably about a year or so after you've got your own business I'm getting off the train to walk to Sandy Park and I see a guy in front of me saying, I can't have too many beers today. I've got a session with Tom Johnson tomorrow. And it's that thing, isn't it? You know, people love the fact that they're training with Tom Johnson, ex-Chiefs uh, player, ex-England international as well. It goes a long way. But the reason you're at success is because you, you want to educate your clients and you want to take your learning further as well. So that's what people need to do in, in this industry, isn't it? They always need to empower their clients by helping them educating them and just making sure they get where they go yeah get to where they want to be yeah i completely agree it's, it all comes back to the client and doing what's doing what's required it's a it's a it's a 24 7 job in terms of do you know you might get a message on a sunday night um from a lady who's having who's had a really bad really tough weekend with with the kids and the and whatever and the whole family it's all getting getting to her and she just needs a bit of support saying Hope you've had a hope you've had a nice weekend. Looking forward to training that this week, um, and she and it, she might go. You might get a reply saying, oh, "I've had my my food's been terrible. I've been drinking. All the stresses are going on. It's like don't worry, don't worry about it. It's let's let's just get back to what you know. Get back to um, get back to a bit of training on Tuesday or whenever you're meeting up with them, um, and get back to it. You're only you're only a sort of step away from exercise and a good meal away from. Um, eating well it's like it's, it's breaking it down to small manageable bits rather than it all spiraling out of control and it's that it's that control that you're going to try and, and that control and that sort of even keel you're going to try and keep your clients on yeah um but it's great it's it's, it's, it's very challenging but it's, it's it's great fun mm. you're enjoying it though you're enjoying your business in the fitness industry i know you've been in it now for like what four years four years plus yeah. really, isn't it? Uh, two and a half two and a half years or three coming up three years um three well i suppose three years since i retired now now what we may um yeah so three years and um just taking a bit longer to get this new place up and running that i'd like but it's like there's, there's been some some good business experiences along the way and um and look forward to hopefully um getting back into a, a, a gym-like environment and where we can where we can all try and um look after the client's needs yeah exactly exactly well mate honestly it's been great speaking to you it's been great to see your journey um i wanted this podcast to be a little bit about a little bit about your background what you're doing now i know we've discussed about doing some more as well you've, you've got a lot to offer and it'll be great to have you back on as well so we can discuss like uh training for different mindsets and stuff like that as well i know yeah. you've been researching and learning a lot over the last few years so it'd be great to have your input on that um, but Tom, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, Ash. Cheers, mate. All right, and we'll speak soon, all right? All right, you take oh, care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's podcast with Tom Johnson. Please do subscribe to our channel for more great content. You can also head over to our website for further content and for the courses that we deliver by going to www.performance.com.
www.trainingacademy.com. You can also see more from what Tom Johnson offers by going to www.tomjohnsonlifestyle.co.uk. Thanks for listening and we'll have another podcast out for you this week.